Welcome to the St. John's Hoxton podcast. We are a local church in East London, here to be a beacon of hope for Hoxton. And our mission is to worship God, make disciples, share Jesus, and transform Hoxton. Good morning. Uh, As Rachel said, we're continuing our series uh, on the armor of God. And as you heard uh, in that reading there, um, the psalmist spoke of the Lord as a shield uh, around me. And we're going to explore the shield uh, this morning. Although I rather feel that my thunder has been stolen by that amazing worship set, because I think we've pretty much sung everything I was going to say. Um, But that's no bad thing. (laughs) So... um, We're talking about the armor of God, which is the passage in uh, chapter 6 of Paul's letter uh, to the Ephesians, um, which if you've got a a pew Bible, um, I think is on page 1177. So let's just recap and, and, and read that passage. Paul says to the church in Ephesus, he says, this is verse 11, put on the full armor of God, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of of truth buckled round your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, as we look at your word this morning, I pray that you would speak to us through your Spirit, that, Lord, you would... um, Uh, enlighten our minds, enrich our hearts, restore our spirits. Help us, Lord, to see more of you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've previously looked at the belt, the breastplate, and the boots, and now we come to the shield of faith. So uh, what do you think of when you hear the word shield? Perhaps you think of um, Captain America, Uh, his shield, Uh, or perhaps um, some sort of uh, Star Wars uh, Jedi force field. I don't know if you can see that. Uh, (laughs) And the word, of course, has gained quite a resonance over the past couple of years as the the elderly and and the vulnerable have had to shield. Um, And so a shield or shielding is a defensive posture. It's about protection. And that's what we're going to to look at. But we need, I think, to take a step back. Um, Because 
Because when I read Paul's letter to the Ephesians, I just can't help but marvel at the, the breadth of the vision that Paul has. If you recall, he begins the letter by unfolding God's purpose before the foundation of the world to create a new unified human race through the death and resurrection of Christ and ultimately to bring to unity the church and the whole of creation. As Paul says, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. And Paul tells us that this divine plan is to create a new society where Jews, God's chosen people, and Gentiles, that's everybody else, are on an entirely equal footing. In other words, everyone is included in God's plan to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth. So the old days of division and discrimination have gone. Now everyone shares in the same promise. As Paul says in the letter, there is one God, the Father, who has one family, one Savior, God's Son, one people, one spirit, one body. Because of what God has done through Christ in his death and, and resurrection and through the Spirit, Paul tells us that we are enabled to live a life that is worthy of our calling and fitting to our status as God's children in this new and reconciled society. Might not often feel like that. <laughs> Paul has said that we demonstrate this new kind of life, a life of true righteousness and holiness through being united in fellowship but rejoicing in our diversity as a people and the diversity of the gifts that we bring and the ministries that God has given to, to each of us in the church. He tells us that we're to put behind us our, our pre-conversion behavior, our selfishness, our willingness to argue, to create division. We're now to pursue reconciliation and harmony. And as I read it, it's a kind of life that just looks incredibly attractive. And Paul tells us that we can find it and live it if we are in Christ. In other words, believing in and faithfully seeking to follow Jesus. But then, with this wonderful vision, Paul brings us down to a bump, uh, down with a bump in chapter six, and he tells us that we have opposition that beneath the surface of our lives, there's an unseen spiritual battle raging. Paul introduces us to the devil, whom he sort of mentioned in chapters 2 and chapters 4 in passing. And he tells us here that the devil has principalities and powers at his command. He tells us that we're not contending with flesh and blood in the physical only, but also against principalities, against the powers, the world rulers of this present darkness, and that we must not underestimate this spiritual enemy. In other words, when as Christians we do things to advance the kingdom of God, telling people about our faith, preaching the gospel, praying for the sick, reading the Bible, serving our communities in Jesus' name, we will face opposition and challenges, perhaps through some difficult person or a challenging set of circumstances. And Paul says that behind those events lie spiritual forces whose malevolent aim is to frustrate the kingdom of God, breaking in to what Paul calls this present darkness. 
to frustrate our growth to maturity uh, in Christ. And it seems from what Paul says that these principalities and powers have three main characteristics. First, they're powerful. Second, they're wicked. And third, they're cunning. Now, Paul tells us very little about the devil because we don't need to know any details. That's, that's God's business. We don't need to know why the devil exists or where he comes from. What we do need to know is that he does exist and that he's opposed to God's church and to you and to me. And most importantly, we need to know how to overcome the devil's dastardly designs to thwart God's plan to create this new society. And so where God, through Jesus Christ, breaks down the walls dividing humans uh, from different races and cultures from one another, the devil will do what he can to sow misunderstanding and distrust and maintain or rebuild those walls. Where God, through Jesus Christ, wants us to live together in harmony, the powers of hell will scatter the seeds of discord and division. Where God, through Jesus Christ, wants us to live together in purity, the devil will tempt us to sin, to lust, to be greedy, tight-fisted, or selfish, or angry, etc., etc. And there'll be no truce or ceasefire in this battle until the end of history when Christ returns in glory and the peace of heaven is attained. Only the power of God, which raised Jesus Christ from the dead and enthroned him in the heavenly places, can defend and deliver us from the might, the evil, and the deceit of the devil. The devil may be strong, but the power of God is stronger. Paul says that we are to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, verse 10, and that we are to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And the expression that the whole armor of God in the original language means the full armor of a heavily um, armed Roman soldier, including um, his shield. I think we have a, uh, a picture of one there. There we go. And the word which Paul uses for shield in the original language doesn't refer to the, the small round shield like Captain America, but to the, to the really large oblong shield um, used by Roman soldiers, um, which, which protected most uh, of the body. It was made of, of two layers of wood, um, which were glued together. They were then covered with linen and then with animal hide and bound with iron around the edges, incredibly uh, strong. And they were designed to withstand volleys of arrows from the enemy, especially arrows which had been dipped in pitch or tar and set alight and fired, flaming arrows. And um, the Roman soldiers could use these oblong shields to form what was known as a testudo or a tortoise. And there's a, a picture here of um, reenactment of a testudo. And the Roman soldiers were able to protect themselves on the top and at the sides by holding their, these shields up, rather like a modern-day armoured vehicle or a, or a tank. So they could advance on the enemy regardless of what the enemy was firing at them. So when Paul says the purpose of the shield of faith is to quench the flaming arrows of the evil one, he's using a, an image that his listeners, his readers in Ephesus would immediately understand 
Ephesus was the second most important uh, city in the Roman Empire at that time, a very large city. Um, they'd have seen Roman soldiers around all the time. They'd have understood the significance of the image immediately. But what's the significance of flaming arrows for us? Well, they could be accusations which make us feel false guilt, you know, reminding us of sins which we've already confessed and brought before the Lord, but for which we still feel some shame. The enemy loves to keep reminding us of that stuff. Or the sowing of seeds of doubt. Did God really say that to you? Should you really be doing this? Um, or prompts to be disobedient. You know, go on, do it. It doesn't matter if you lie or gossip or look at pornography or inflate your expenses claim. You know, no one will know. Or it may be unsought thoughts of lust or a desire for revenge or pangs of fear. The devil knows exactly where our weak spots are and how to, to get under our skin. But we need to remember that as Psalm 3 told us, God himself is a shield around us. And when we lift up the shield of faith in God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and we shelter under it, we will find protection for our hearts and minds and souls just as the Roman soldier find, found protection in his testudo. For faith lays hold of the promises of God in times of doubt or tiredness or depression, when we feel weak or vulnerable. And faith lays hold of the power of God in times when we're tempted to give up or cut corners. When we face temptations, when we feel a, a stirring of old arguments or thought patterns or grievances or accusations causing us to doubt that God will come through for us, we need to remember that we are in a battle. But God is on our side. All we have to do, as Paul says, is stand firm in Christ. We see Jesus using this shield of faith and standing firm in his temptation uh, in the desert, as reported in uh, uh, Luke chapter 4, where he counters the devil's temptations by quoting Scripture accurately back at the devil. He uses his shield of faith in his Father. And if we're to use the shield of faith effectively, we need to know the God whom we worship. We need to know his character, his overwhelming desire that we will prosper. And we need to know his unconditional love for us, that he is for us, not against us. As the worship song, which we didn't sing this morning, Our God, puts it, Our God is greater, our God is stronger, God, you are higher than any other. And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what can stand against? So like Jesus, we need to know the Scriptures, the Old Testament and the New Testament, so that we know the God revealed by those scriptures. And this is what Paul prayed for the Ephesians in chapter 1 of his letter. He said this, he said, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray, says Paul, that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand 
in the heavenly realms. That's a prayer we can receive too. That's my prayer for you. Hopefully the sermons that we hear on a Sunday help us to discover who Jesus is and get to know him better, as well as being a reminder of the hope to which we're called. But a short sermon can only take us so far. To know Christ better, we need to be uh, developing our relationship with Jesus through regular prayer and reading or listening to the Bible. But one of the best ways to grow in our faith and understanding is to meet in a small group with other Christians, which is why we run midweek connect groups here at St. John's. Although as we're currently in the season of Lent, we're running Lent groups, but their purpose is exactly the same, to help us go deeper in our discipleship and our understanding of our faith. So I encourage you, if you aren't already in a group, to, to join a group. Um, there are five Lent groups going on at the moment. You can find out about them on the website, www.sjh.org.uk forward slash Lent, um, where there are details of the groups, and you can also sign up for them there. So I really encourage you to do that. And so finally, let's conclude um, in the wonderful words of Charles Wesley and his hymn, Soldiers of Christ Arise. And Wesley writes this, Soldiers of Christ arise and put your armor on, strong in the strength which God supplies through his eternal Son, strong in the Lord of hosts and in his mighty power, who in the strength of Jesus trusts is more than conqueror. Leave no unguarded place, no weakness of the soul. Take every virtue, every grace, and fortify the whole. To keep your armor bright, attend with constant care, still walking in your captain's sight, Jesus, and watching unto prayer. From strength to strength go on, wrestle and fight and pray. Tread all the powers of darkness down and win the well-fought day. Still let the Spirit cry in all his soldiers, Come, till Christ the Lord descend from high and take the conquerors home. Amen. Thanks for listening to the St. John's Hoxton podcast. New talks will be uploaded every week from all of our services. And do check out our website, stjohnshoxton.org.uk, for more information.